This past year, in the middle of everything, it's been so comforting for me to curl up with my five-year-old daughter at the end of the day and read together. Right now, we're in the middle of Little House on the Prairie. We've read Charlotte's Web and The Hobbit and The Wind and the Willows and so many others. But the book I can't stop thinking about this week is The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, which is odd, I know, given the events of this week. But there's one part in particular I can't stop thinking about. In the book, after Dorothy lands her house on the Wicked Witch of the East, the Good Witch of the North comes and sends Dorothy on her way to Emerald City with two gifts. You remember the slippers, I'm sure. But there's another gift for Dorothy, a kiss on the forehead. Of course, this isn't an ordinary kiss. This is a kiss from a good witch, and the kiss left a round and shining mark on her forehead, announcing to everyone that Dorothy was protected by the power of good. With her gifts of seal and slipper, Dorothy sets out down the yellow brick road and goes on to meet her scarecrow, tin woodman, and cowardly lion friends. And together they make it to the Emerald City where they are immediately sent out by the great and terrible Oz to kill the other wicked witch. The wicked witch of the West sees them coming and sends her flying monkeys to destroy everyone but the lion who she wants to debase and force to pull her carriage. The flying monkeys descend and pull apart the scarecrow and smash the tin men. Despite the lion putting up a good fight, they capture him too. But the flying monkeys are stopped short by the mark on Dorothy's forehead. We dare not harm this little girl, the leader says, for she is protected by the power of good, and that is greater than the power of evil. All we can do is carry her to the castle of the Wicked Witch and leave her there. And this is the part that I can't stop thinking about. When Dorothy is dropped off at the castle by the flying monkeys, the witch is afraid of her. The Wicked Witch of the West, who has enslaved an entire country and all the creatures within it, is afraid of a little girl. A little girl not much older than my little girl. The witch is frightened because the witch cannot harm Dorothy in any way because of the kiss on her forehead. And Dorothy's slippers contain powerful magic, and the witch trembles before Dorothy's power. But then the witch takes a look in Dorothy's eyes, and she sees a simple and kind soul who has no idea how powerful she is. Baum writes, so the wicked witch laughed and thought to herself, I can still make her my slave, for she does not know how to use her power. And that is exactly what the witched, wicked witch does. Not being able to lay a finger on Dorothy or even use magic against her, the wicked witch enslaves Dorothy with lies. The witch makes Dorothy believe that the witch can kill Dorothy, hurt Toto, starve the lion. The witch lies and bullies and threatens Dorothy into becoming the castle's scullery maid. And as the long days of work begin to blur into one another, Dorothy begins to lose heart. She weeps bitterly because she believes she'll never see her Aunt Em again. She cries for her friends who are destroyed or encaged, and she cries because she's tired and afraid and little and helpless and trapped in a world of abuse, injustice, and cruelty. 
This is everything I know about baptism and the life of faith in a nutshell. If we have been washed in the waters of baptism, if we have been sealed as Christ's own forever, we too bear the mark of good on our forehead and no one and nothing can hurt us. And even more than that, we are powerful, very powerful actually, enough to make Satan and the forces of evil quake in their boots until we start believing the lies and then everything spins out of control. And are there ever lies? Everywhere we turn, there are lies. And the consequences of what happens when people believe those lies. Right now, it feels like we're living in a cesspool of lies. And it came to a vicious and frightening crescendo on Wednesday as we watched a violent mob of white supremacists, believer of that blatant, pernicious, and vile lie, proudly flying the flags of white supremacy, urged on by our own president, hold our legislators under siege and overtake the United States Capitol. And then we watched some of our politicians live of the very thing that we just saw with our own eyes. That's just one type of lie. We're told lies about who we are, about how much we're worth. We're lied to about what is truly valuable, how to treat each other, even scientific fact. And the lies come at us from every direction. And caught in this web of lies, we feel like Dorothy, don't we? Afraid and tired and helpless and entrapped in a world of abuse and justice and cruelty. And oh, so very small. I've been hearing from you, my beloveds. I hear the exhaustion in your voices. I hear sorrow and fear, anger, rage, hopelessness, grim resignation. I hear you and I see you. Although many of us saw the violence coming, we still lost something precious that will never be recovered. Mourn the way you need to mourn and cry the tears that need to be cried. And again I say to you, if you bear the seal of Christ on your brow, no one can harm you. And I know it sounds naive, Pollyanna-ish, like I got it from a children's book. Of course we live here, not in Oz. Our bodies can be destroyed, we can lose loved ones, we can lose everything. This is life in a fallen world. And yet, I stand by what I say. If you have been kissed by goodness, sealed as Christ's own, evil can't hurt you in any way that truly matters. When we become Christ's own in baptism, the mark of good, the mark of God, protects us from true harm. Because Jesus gave everything, because we are invited into Christ's own death and life, we are forever protected from the powers of sin and death. The game has been subverted. To lose our life is to save it. Following Jesus means that all of our losses are gains. Created, redeemed, sustained, Nothing else matters except that we belong to God, that we are beloved of God. We are free, we are protected, and we are powerful. But what is our freedom for? Let's go back to Dorothy one last time. We left Dorothy enslaved to the Wicked Witch, who one day makes a play for Dorothy's slippers and steals one. The child is so angry 
that she shouts the truth. You are a wicked creature, and you have no right to take my shoe from me. And in her anger, she grabs a bucket of water and melts the witch. Dorothy didn't know that the water would destroy the witch. In fact, she didn't think or know it would do anything at all. She just knew she had to do and say, do something and say something. The moment of truth, so strong it surprised even the little girl herself. The truth shouted against the power of evil, freed Dorothy from her fear and inaction. And even though the action seemed impossibly small against everything that stood against Dorothy, an action incredibly small against a powerful witch who holds sway over all the land and forces all of Oz to live in terror, the moment of truth and that bucket of water sets off a miraculous chain reaction that frees Dorothy's friends, the people of the land, and Dorothy herself. And here's the truth embedded in this children's story. Only Dorothy, so little, and yet marked by the power of good, could have gotten close enough to the witch to destroy her. Only Dorothy, overcome by the truth and forced to act, saves herself and her friends. Nothing can harm you. Shout the truth and pick up the bucket. Amen.